0: Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen with the Makers of Minnesota podcast. And there are a lot of challenges that are facing food makers as of late. Without sampling, it is hard to get people to try product, and it is getting harder and harder to stand out with grocers and buyers who are really inundated with just trying to keep the stores open. If you are looking for someone to help you get noticed, if you're looking for help with your social media or your social media strategy, or perhaps you have a new product launch and you need some people. Are, I can help. I work with a team of great freelance professionals, and we have launched lots of new products and help restaurants and helped brands get recognized and get noticed in the Twin Cities marketplace. If this is something that interests you, please give us a shout. I'd love to have the opportunity to talk with you about your brand and put a proposal together for you. A lot of times we work with clients and do like a 90-day plan where we help them launch a product. There are times clients need ongoing support throughout the year. If you're finding that this is just the last thing on your to-do list every single day, please give us a shout. We can make a huge difference in a short amount of time in not only increasing your following, but getting influencers to try your products and getting public relations eyes on your brands. Give me a shout at shansenmarketing at gmail.com. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to The Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things, and I love the food space, and I tend to talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. And I'm here today with Casey Kai, and he is the founder of K-Mama Sauce. We started out the call kind of offline, and you were like, hey, how's it going doing social media in the world of COVID? I'm like, well, like you would expect, it's been challenging. We've had a lot of Zoom calls. Um, how are things going for K-Mama Sauce? I think you and I first met at Stone Arch
1: years ago. Years, yep. I think it was 20, I believe maybe it was 2016 or 17, but um, yeah, it feels like decades ago at this point uh, under COVID. But things are going well. You know, I think um, this is this is a little plug, but we are also coming out with um, a, a documentary. It's a very short film that um, a nonprofit Korean American Story did on us. Um, it's profiling Korean American businesses around the country and they wanted to see how we did business under COVID. So that's actually, um, that's a plug for next week. Um, the 16th, it comes out on their website, but it, it really does highlight we, you know, we've, we shot a ton of footage, um, of us working in the office, um, with masks on, uh, if there's more than one person. So that's, that's been a huge, huge deal is, it's no argument if you're going to be in the office and majority of people aren't. Um, I've, I've asked everyone to just work at home and we've had to make those adjustments. But if for whatever reason, we can't do the thing um, uh, remotely, we then do it um, in person with mass at max, two people in the office. So doing that. mm -hmm.
0: Can you just back up one second and give me I th- I think your sauce is kind of hard to describe because a it's delicious but it's it's I guess I guess you would say it's a Korean sauce but I feel like mm-hmm. it's got so many applications and it's so much more than that so can you just back up and tell me about the sauce sure and how you created it and why you created it
1: Gosh um, the sauce is it's it's my mom's recipe um, it's not unusual. So I liken it to Minnesotans, moms, and dads who make hot dishes, right? Everyone's got their own version, sure. but their mom's is the best. So yes. my mom's version of this sauce is a sauce that typically goes on a dish called bibimbap. So the the main ingredient is gochujang. It's a red pepper paste fermented. It's got this really pungent, uh, spicy, but also like a savory kick and a little sweetness. And my mom would make this um, pretty regularly, in in our house you when know, i was growing up and i was lucky enough and privileged enough to have a mom stay-at-home mom who would cook korean meals every day and she would it's always so have nice. this <laughs> yep she she would always have this tub in this like plastic Tupperware thing that you know she would slop out the gochujang uh, sesame oil etc and you know, I don't want to give the secret recipe away, but, you know, sure. she would she would put all this stuff together. And, you know, typically it would go with the bibimbap, right? The, the now very popular Korean mixed rice bowl. And, um, and then she would use it as a dipping sauce for vegetables and she would put it in with her noodles or, you know, other dishes. And I think for me, it was just, it seemed like a very um, regular condiment. I didn't think that it had to It didn't take much, but it did take a little bit of time to put it together. So, um, I always tell my story as I'm a Jersey boy selling Korean hot sauce, and people are always confused. And um, it was, you know, long story short, I previous professions I was a minister, I was a government worker, and I was a community organizer. So I wanted to.
0: I didn't know that about your background.
1: Yeah. So the 30% of our profits that we, you know, we make sure to explicitly state on our bottles, it's primarily in partnership with my church, um, local food banks. I work with uh, Junior Achievement for for youth mentors. And so that was my previous lives. And I think K-Mama Sauce was more just it's a fundraising idea. As I was working at my church and I was working for the government, I said, you know, why do – the public, private, and nonprofit sector not really get along. Uh, I think certain certain lanes are open, um, but not all three are working in conjunction with one another. And I think that's where my um, enterprising mind and spirit came in. Is you know, my pastor was like, "Hey, you should totally make the two things you love: Korean food and hot sauce." And um, that was kind of the the launch launching pad in 2014. And we got started in 2015.
0: And so you mentioned that your your kitchen where you're making the sauce is actually in a church. Mm-hmm. And that, so are you working in the church that your profits are also benefiting? And do you still minister as well?
1: Gosh, um, so we've moved from the cottage. I mean, I love Minnesota, strong farmer's market movement. And we were very steady. Freddie, in terms of every year um this year we've obviously taken a step back with covid so i wish you know all the farmers markets well and all the vendors that are out there they're all my friends but uh, that's where we got started um we no longer make the product in our kitchen we worked in a commercial kitchen for a few years uh before we then moved on to a co-packer uh right yep. in northeast minneapolis so how um, was I, the
0: co-packer mm-hmm. transition was that hard
1: very challenging and I, I, love our co-packer to death. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, um, I'm not married yet. I am planning to get married next year. And Stephanie is a wonderful woman, but uh, it, it's pretty, I've heard co-packing with a food vendor is it's like a marriage. So, you know, the ups and downs of making sure things fit and having, yeah, having the right compatibility, um, earlier on it, you know, we've been working with them for three years now, three years plus, And I, I'd say probably the first two and a half years, it was just working out some of the, uh, just ironing out the details.
0: Yeah. And the taste Mm -hmm. and the flavor and the types of preservatives you need to use and
1: the The caps, the fills, um, hot, cold is, do you need to add this? We need this cheaper ingredient. So all the sourcing and they, they do a fantastic job. Um, And then the best part is they're in Northeast Minneapolis, which is where we started to really get big um, in terms of, the farmers' market, Brassa, the restaurant that that had us on their their tables at first. But to your question about ministry, I I feel like very much um, because our church is is very community minded, and our business hi- hires and a lot of the volunteers that we recruit are from our church, who live in, a lot of them live in the walking distance from our church here in Columbia Heights. Um, it's 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 a community based and community supported business, um, and I you know. This is kind of a humble brag, but Ben and Jerry's is a, is a huge inspiration, and um, their social mission director um, is one of my advisors because we're we're wanting to grow into a social business as well. And just having that in mind, how how do how do we impact community more than, of course, you survive and thrive as a CPG, um, and that's that's you know the name of the game. You have to make sales, you have to uh, be out there, but um, yeah, having more of a lasting impact, especially in the community. So, um, we've we've yet to really start to um, find the deeper partnerships um, with regards to our profits. But you know, we do a lot of um, permaculture on our grounds here at the church. We uh, we work with you know obviously um, local labor and and hiring the types of ways, the initiatives, I guess, if you want to call them. Uh, that we we strive to implement
0: i love to hear that because i buy your sauce and i was delighted when i saw it i guess at the beginning of covid kind of right at that early time frame i found myself at target and there Mm -hmm. you were on the shelves (laughs) at target i was like oh this is a big deal for him that's so exciting so you guys have really expanded. are you also selling through amazon and whole foods too
1: yes so um Great question. The timing couldn't have been more perfect. We've been working on trying to get into Whole Foods for the longest time, and you know their ingredients standards are really um, stringent, as they should be, right? They want the best quality, uh, best sourced product in terms of sustainability, uh, and all the way through. Um, So for us, probably three, almost four years, we've we've been talking with Whole Foods, and um, Amazon, we were previously on and we were, you know, we had a bigger bottle, but we, the ones that you see now at the targets, the six ounce glass bottles um, are the ones that we sell on Amazon. And that's the one that Whole Foods um, will start to carry starting next month, actually. So um, we'll we'll social media blast it. And, and you heard it here first, um, that Whole Foods is, um, will be carrying the K-Mama sauce gluten free. So that's the, the cleanest label, the shortest label. Sauce that we have under our brand, we do have a gluten-free spicy. Uh, that's a throwback. We had that, and then it just wasn't um, uh, it wasn't exciting for the customers. So, but now at Whole Foods, they still get to have that back.
0: So well, it's and we're maybe reviving it. yeah, and maybe nationally, spicy is a little more exciting than Minnesota spice. Sometimes, <laughs> let's just be yep. honest. We're the not ketchup, known for yep, yeah our spicy. Um, How do you use the sauce? Cause like I use it on like noodles. I use it to Mm -hmm. grill when I grill chicken. I'll, you know, use it like a barbecue sauce. I obviously use it like a dipping sauce. I'm curious how you use it at your house.
1: Yeah. And I, I will honestly say like, we came up with really amazing recipes we worked with, um, Recipe makers, but a lot of the recipes on our website. If you just go to our tab on the recipes, okay. the bibimbap's on there, right? The mixed rice bowl, but there's a Korean style uh, ribs, the short ribs. Yum! So that's that's one of my favorites. That we were um, we did that morning show with uh, WCCO. That was fun with Jason. And um, I'd say the you know the easiest things is just I like hot sauce on most things. Just add a lot of, add a little more kick or or, or punch to chicken, rice, eggs, Um, but for it's, you know, the most exciting part, you know, I'm not vegan myself, but we've really found the traction at the veg fests, at the nourished gluten free festivals at, um, and now, you know, with whole foods, I think that's um, excuse me with the background noise, but uh, the, that's the most exciting part. I've never meant to create a clean label Gluten free, non-GMO sauce, but it was it was truly the feedback of the people at all the farmers markets that we used to go to, that were like, "Hey, it'd be nice if we could have this flavor, to also then have it cleaner." So, I, I love seeing it on um, stir fry. I mean, there's there's not enough stir fry to go around. Broccoli, sugar snap peas, you know, uh, asparagus shoots. There's just so many fun things you can do.
0: When you um, think about Covid and how it's impacted your business. I feel like you guys were really on a roll, and hmm. has that slowed with the inability to sample?
1: Y- yes and no. I, I-, I think food business—you just cannot convert. You know, you're not just going to convert new com- new customers, but you can't really get the feel of the company without. A lot of the times, it's either me or a few other people on our staff that they remember right? The sauce is good, right? There's a lot of good it's sauces great. out there. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like, oh, uh, you know, a lady calls one day and leaves a message and says, that young lady who was sampling, she did such a great job, um, and the sauce is great. How do I order more? Or this young man was there, he was so nice, and I, I don't see it in the same store anymore. For, for us, the sampling is part and parcel of food business. But, you know, I think the landscape is changing, um, and the adjustments for us were not as, um, I guess, heart wrenching. They're not. They're not like gonna break break us, make or break us, in the sense that we were already on Amazon, we were already doing the website sales and collected, you know, the webs the emails over the years. And granted, it's not, you know, hundreds or tens of thousands, but it's it's enough for us to then be regularly in the Target. So thank you for noticing us there. And that's, I think, where um, like kind of the perfect storm came, which is people knew us enough at Targets, or have they seen our brand around, or they're like, oh my gosh, it's so cheap, or it's so good. They tell their friends. And I think just the regular availability is marketing, right? It's a billboard. It's the product billboard.
0: It's, it's funny that you say that, because I'll say two things about you. One is <laughs> that you seemed early on in working with you through different, we, I do the Stone Arch Festival programming mm-hmm. for the culinary arts market, and you yes. did two things that I thought were really smart. Number one, you really clearly understood how to sell your product. Like you were mm-hmm. amazing at standing there and selling your product. You had it down. <laughs> you. You, were, you were personable. You were gregarious. You did a lot of sampling so many times when Mm -hmm. someone comes to a festival and they don't sample because, you know, people just want free food. I'm like, you're missing the idea here because Mm -hmm. you're there to hopefully break even is a great goal. But you're really there to market so that when I walk by Target and I see your product on that Target shelf, I know I've seen you at Stone Arch. I know I've met you. I know I've seen you out and about. People forget Mm -hmm. what a great marketing opportunity these festivals and events are. And maybe with COVID and not a lot of them happening, people will have a re-energized enthusiasm for them when we can get back out there. Um, Yes. But you just did such a great job of selling the product, but I also knew that you saw it as a marketing opportunity.
1: Honestly, we we were mainly like I, I've I've had arguments and fights about this with my partners, with my staff is why are we doing this event or, you know, and a lot of times when I did them, because it's my own time and, you know, it's, it, I will, I cover my own cost. So it's, I, I make money for this, but our staff typically it it was close to even, but many times we lost a little bit, but how do you know, you know, in the, in the world of data, um, collection, right? The, the, the impact that um, an event has. And I think, I think you're absolutely right, Stephanie. The, the events are like, I, I grew up very social and I grew up in, and I de- I do have some sales in my background too, is people remember, you know, they have a feeling to an event. They have a feeling to the state fair. You know, I, I just ordered crabs. Um, my sister sent me Atlantic crab and you have this flood of memories that are associated with that. And I think, the pleasant experience that you get—not just with the food, obviously that's really important—but the the whole experience. I think that's what you're speaking to, Stephanie. But if, um, is yeah, I knew that there was greater impact than just the 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 bottom line. Um, and it you know there's there's a way that it can. It's a double-edged sword too, right? If you um, don't have the right personnel, you don't have um, the right weather. Sometimes it is you know there's there's fluctuations in that too, but. I think there's a lot of impact that you you get out of just being out there, right? And of course, if you sell the sauce, that's that's the most helpful. But um, I still remember people who are like, hey, I met you at the Storn Arch Bridge from 2016, mm-hmm. or I met you at, you know, Grand Old Days, or I saw you at this one local co-op sampling, and it's it has a lasting impression that you can't just, you know, X amount of You know, sales conversions, ROIs, um, in a world where it's it's purely data driven.
0: I think people too want to support local people. They want to support people they know. Like your face is something that we're like, oh, (laughs) I remember that guy. I've seen him around. Are you feeling like um, now is a good opportunity to be a person um, of color in terms of the food space? Is this? In, in all of this racial injustice that we're experiencing, mm. is there a bright spot for you as an entrepreneur?
1: I appreciate that question. Um, I think it's it's always been on my mind. So I've, you know, before the, the murder of George Floyd and all the, the protests. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a middle color, I'm a lighter skin colored person. Um, so I, I I do have some privileges, but you know, there are Still disadvantages obviously for POC um, to start off any business, let alone the food space um, and the food space is as you know it's probably one of the most cutthroat CPGs out there um, I don't know the tech space but I know food having gone to all the different um, fancy food shows Expo West like it's a circus as you as you probably um, guess and know it's so it's challenging I think um, how do I present the brand? Authentically. So I am Korean American. I'm second gen. So I didn't immigrate here, but my parents did. Mm-hmm. So that's a specific experience. And at the same time, you know, there, there's a history of making excuses for, you know, pulling the race card. And granted, my sauce is called K-Mama sauce. So it's talking, it's referencing about an authentic flavor that I grew up with as um, as an American, uh, Korean American still. And I think that was... Um, I think it's easier now to be, uh, to to say that you know what, um, there are nonprofits out there who are willing to help, and, and, and I and I will say, um, in the last three four months, I'm you know just seeing the CEO of Lowe's, the the you know the um FedEx giving out grants to small businesses, particularly POC. It's it's great. I I wish they had done that pre-2020, you know, it's, it's, um, there are, yeah, there's so many cultural linguistic challenges to start a business. Um, but I'm so inspired because, you know, the, the African community here, the Hmong community, um, I see them leading the way. And, um, there's also obviously lots of, uh, white majority nonprofits or, or founded nonprofits. So we actually are just starting, um, Accelerator. It's 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 a social business accelerator called Impact SKU. So you might have seen that kind of going around LinkedIn. But um, them and a few others, I think it's Lunar or Solar Arts. But they there's um, Lunar there's Startup. Yeah, Lunar Startups. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Stephanie. They you know it's it they're trying to really um, enter into spaces that are underrepresented, um, whether it's African Americans, Asian Americans, Latino uh, and, um, so I, I, very much appreciate the most recent efforts, but I also appreciate those who have been just so steady, um, advocating for um, people who have a harder time entering the food CPG space for sure.
0: Yeah. And getting, you know, money for your businesses and getting, and getting investments. We're
1: talking serious stuff now, Stephanie mm-hmm. <laughs> loans. You know, I, I, you know, I'm a man, so I, I identify as male. So there's, a lot of privileges. Uh, you know, I was on a panel with all women who said I've reached out to banks and I've been denied 30 times, 50 times. And I and I thought it was hard with like four. Yeah. So just <laughs> you know and like um and, and that's just the reality of of some of that space.
0: Yeah, and you only know what you don't know. Like you know your four mm-hmm. times was heartbreaking for you and yet mm-hmm. I, I've had, uh, the two gals from urban growler on the program and they have a brewery uh, yes. and a restaurant yes. and they b- both gay women, but they, I think they got their loan from their bank on like the 30th try, just something. And they had a mm-hmm. really solid business plan. Like you go to, you go to your mentors and you get your plan together. And then the ironic thing about the whole part of it to me, having had a bank loan is you get all done they tell you your business plan's awesome. Your, your concept is proven. We even had profit that we could show. And yet they were like, okay, so we're going to use your house as collateral. You can like sign right here. And I was like, wait a second. I've been going after this for two years to have you tell me that I can put my house up as collateral. I could have done that two years ago. It's called a mortgage loan. I could have loaned myself the money. Why am I here? It was just very frustrating experience.
1: Oh, so sorry to hear that. Gosh. Yeah. It yeah, just- and mm-hmm. and I, I I'm not even at the investor conversation. We're we're starting to talk about that in the impact skew that that will start here in August, and a lot of the founders are women or POC. And I think I think you hit it right on the nose. What you don't know, you don't know, you know. And I think that there, you know, it's not so much affirmative action. I think there's a there's a way you you level the playing field you, you, you make it an even race. And I think that's right. I think that's the part that's really challenging is, man, are my personal connections are not as wide as someone who grew up in Minnesota.
0: Yeah. And that's just part of it too. It's all Mm -hmm. who, you know, and I do feel, and this is, I'm a white woman speaking who's grown up here Mm -hmm. my whole life, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like there is a shift and I feel very encouraged about that. and. One of the things that I hope is I'm seeing a lot of white allyship and learning how to be a better ally and really what that means and not just Mm -hmm. kind of saying the right stuff and then going on with your day. Cause I'm guilty of that. Like, I really thought Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I get the struggle. You know, I was an entrepreneur. I was a business person. I I'm a woman. I have been trying Mm -hmm. to struggle. I just, I, I thought, for my own personal self, the privilege that I had, I felt um, I I wasn't really right with it because I felt like Mm. someone was going to take away all my hard work. Like, Mm. wait a second. I know I'm white and I know I have privilege, but I worked really hard. And what I learned through more personal exploration with myself and through reading and learning is that no one's trying to take anything away from me. They're just trying to get a seat at the table themselves. That's right. And that doesn't have to yep. be at my expense. I can mm-hmm. still be successful and have worked really hard, but what can't, why can't we make room for this person to have that same opportunity? So sure. it just took a little bit of exploration and I am encouraged that more people that are leaders of corporations, more people that are leaders in our business space are starting to Open more of those doors and make it easier, even if just mm-hmm. a little bit, for people to walk through them and have the same chance that I had.
1: Yeah, I wholeheartedly amen that. That's that. I mean, yeah. we need more. I, I fully agree with you. There are more allies than before. Um, there aren't activists like they're not like active white supremacists driving around town saying, "Hey, don't start this food business." That's not obviously how it's, how it is in 2020. In certain cities it, it might be. I mean I, you know you, you look at some of these protests in certain cities, but Minnesota, I feel like there's um, there's more need. Uh, and I think we've we've definitely done a better job. Uh, I've only lived in Minnesota for ten years, and even in that time there's there's been a huge um, upsurge in food startups, and a majority of them are women and or POC, so I know who they are. And, and not to say like white males can't start food business. There's there's plenty and they do well. Sure. And some of them don't do well. That's it's just the luck of the draw too. But knowing that, you know what, there's other uh, recent immigrants, there's, you know, second or third career folks like myself who are like, you know what, I want to I wanna do this and I want to do it in a way where I'm happy, I'm passionate about, and um, and at the same time naming some of the things that are beneficial to folks who grew up here who are lighter skin, uh, white in Minnesota. And, um, but yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that for sure.
0: What is it that you want people to know most about K mama sauce?
1: Oh man. Um, in, In a strange, but very, roundabout way i've been wanting to present our values and you know this is going back to the ben and jerry's and the newman's own and um, other social businesses that are out there and they've been doing this work since the 70s you know so it's uh they've trailblazed decades ago so just to name and also name drop um, some of these companies is something that i i mean just for example we you know we have at our community and our church here. We've always been anti-racist, anti-sexist. Like those are just basic, you know, mm-hmm. basic tenets of our church. Uh, so with George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd, afterwards, we said, you know what? It's all the all the sales on our website, um, will give 50% of the profits to Black Lives Matter. Um, and there were some issues on Facebook to uh, to advertise and our website, etc. But at the end of the day, what was really important was to tell our uh, loyal customers and and not just the customers that want a good deal and a good sauce. It's people who are committed to um, businesses and companies that are, that are wanting to do change and enact change for good, you know, and, and good is a general sense, but uh, you know, the environment, right? The environment as a stakeholder, a lot of corporations don't factor that in. Uh, the employees, the the customers themselves are stakeholders. And so if you look at it, you know, in that sense, sh- sure, like, I would love to be around for another 5, 10, 50 years. Um, and, you know, it, it, the food space is, <laughs> the more I've been in it, I feel like the more it is really um it really is just the luck of the draw. And so, it's, you know, to be that as it is, I also, in that short period of time or long period of time, I want to say, hey, I'm in an effort to improve certainly the people that work for with us, but also improve the quality of life for the people in local Northeast Minneapolis, in the Twin Cities, Minnesota, Midwest, et cetera.
0: Did you say you're marrying a Stephanie? I am. <laughs> That's excellent. We're very excellent people.
1: You know, all the Stephanie's, I know it's um yes, they they are quite exceptional people. So that's
0: so funny. Well, I'm glad to get to talk to you and just catch up Thank on T Mama and what's happening. Congratulations on Whole Foods. And so we'll keep looking for you. The sauce is excellent. It's I just I remember the first time I met you and I thought, man, <laughs> that guy had some sales background, but that is good sauce.
1: Thank you. Stephanie and thank you so much for this time and you you've been a huge I mean to speak up advocates, you've you've yeah, I, I I appreciate that first conversation and every one since and you've really helped us grow. So you are thanks. also a stakeholder appreciate you guys in our growth.
0: Too. All right, we'll talk soon.
1: Okay, thank okay, you. Okay,
0: thanks.